asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're discussing how to level up your money with gamification. Yep. Man, we're going to talk about gamification. You know, every time I see that word written out, I want to say gamification. <laughs> like a gamma ray. But yeah, like gamma rays. Exactly. Because that sounds more fun. And games are fun. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> gamification in and of itself is fun, right? It's we like a playing fun thing. Games. Yeah. So can we play games with our finances to do better? That's what we're going to get into today. That's what we're going to talk about, man. Yeah. Before we do that, we came across this article about all these new mattress companies and their return policy. You want to dive into it a little bit? Sure, yeah. So instead of gamification, what people are doing is gaming the system <laughs> of these mattress companies. And there are these beautiful, wonderful, free uh, 100 night or more trials that a lot of these new mattress companies offer. These bed in a box, they ship it to your house and you test it out and you see whether you like it or not. Like Casper was at the forefront of this, right? I mean, there are all sorts of companies out there now that will ship Tuffed you a bed. needle. Yeah, there's tons. avocado. Aren't they like one of the primo ones? They are. Yeah, I think so. I can't shell out for that, dude. Right, right. <laughs> but the the cool thing is because people are like, I don't know you. I've not sat on your bed. Like I can't tell whether it's good or not. 
these companies in order to build confidence and for people to actually make the purchase and give it a try, well, they needed to have a great return policy. And I love that that exists. Like that's such a nice way to buy something with that peace of mind. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. It's a perfect solution to a problem when you have an online retail model, right? Yeah. And so specifically, if you are looking to buy a mattress and you're genuinely wanting to try it out, I 100% support the one month free trial or three months free trial or even one year. There, There's one example where this one company has a full 365 day return policy. Which is incredible. Very incredible. So incredible that people <laughs> are completely taking advantage of that situation, sleeping on the bed for free for anywhere between a month and a full year and sending that junk back. Yeah. A, a lot of people... What do you think about that, Joel? Well, people quoted in the article said you never have to buy a mattress again. Basically, what you do is you just get a new one every three months by returning the one and just saying that you, you didn't like it or it wasn't up to your standards or whatever. And, and I think what's going to happen is, is that these generous return policies, these generous trials are, are going to end because of the people yeah. that are gaming the system. And it's unfortunate because it's a great new business model. It's a great way to get a bed. And there are some great companies out there with great customer service that are trying to take care of people that actually want to buy a new bed. And these people are going to ruin it for everyone. They're going to ruin that free trial period. It's just like, didn't Costco have to like kind of go back on their return policy where they, they said they would take anything, but then folks started bringing back ridiculous stuff. Yeah. And Costco still has an amazing return policy. The, the, the thing they had to tweak was how they accepted electronics returns because people would come back and say, I'm returning this desktop computer from 2005 because, because <laughs> uh, you know what? Not because it's it's bad. I, I got my use out of it. It's been great. But it turns out they're way, way cheaper now and way, way better. And so I'd like to return... I'd like my money back. Yeah, I'd like the $5,000 I spent on this desktop computer and, and I'm going to buy a $400 one now. And so that, that's... That's five times faster. Again, that's, that's an example of people gaming the system, not using it for what it's supposed to be used for. And so I have no problem if someone returning a mattress because they say, ah, it, it, it wasn't great, but I genuinely wanted to give it a try. I really thought I might actually keep it. And the same thing with something like Costco. If you're going to buy something and return it because it wasn't up to snuff or you had a problem, that's totally fine. But gaming the system like that is is just, in my mind, that's cheap. That's yeah. not frugal, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, this is a great example of frugal versus cheap, which, dude, by the way, we need to do more frugal versus cheap. So I yeah, feel like we've kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit. So maybe 2020, maybe this year we can revitalize that a little bit. But yeah, I feel like this is a perfect example of someone being cheap, not frugal, and specifically, I think a big part of that is obviously folks are not being perfectly honest as well, right? But just all the waste that's involved as well. Like that's yeah. the biggest thing that kind of bothers me is that there's a lot of states where they're not allowed or they don't allow themselves to resell these, you know, quote unquote, used mattresses. Or, or even give them away. Like they have to be thrown in the trash. Yes. And it's yeah. such a shame because... That's a lot of waste. These barely used mattresses would, would be great in serving uh, folks in, in areas that where there's a lot of poverty, where... where they, or a homeless shelter. Homeless I mean, shelters. There's just lots of applications. There, there could be so many great uses for these gently used mattresses, but uh, a lot of these guidelines and understandable, right? There could be bed bugs or something like that. Like mattresses are kind of one of those items that buying used, you have to beware. Yeah. So I understand the rules, but it's a, it's a shame. And I think this makes it even more of a shame because we know a lot of those mattresses are going into landfills, which totally sucks, man. Like, exactly. That's like, that's the epitome of being cheap when you're putting your cheapness upon somebody else. And this is a perfect example of that. Like this is going into a landfill and, you know, not only are you reaping a financial benefit from that, but you're, you're displacing the cost of that onto not only everyone around you, but the earth as well. And we're, we're not even talking about like the, what the wasted resources 
and like the carbon footprint that it took to create that mattress as well which yeah. and the shipping and all yeah, that stuff. it totally yeah. kind of bums me out so if that's you think twice <laughs> yeah and we'd love to know your thoughts on this too i think it's an interesting topic like the frugal versus cheap like when is it too far and so yeah maybe in the facebook group if you want to let your thoughts be known we'd love to hear from you just go to facebook and, and search how to money in the the search bar you'll find our group and we'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on that because it is an interesting topic i'm going to create a fake account and go in there and say that i'm all for it and see what happens man you're going to start a ruckus think up in there while i get lampooned <laughs> Maybe you might. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Matt. We got to mention the beer that we're having on the show today: Astral Prism by Modern Times Beer. Big thanks to my buddy Craig, who brews out there from Modern Times, sending this one our way. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to enjoying this one, man. And getting your thoughts as well at the end of this episode. All right, man. Sounds good. But now on to the subject at hand. We're talking about leveling up your money game with gamification. With gamification, <laughs> not gamification. All right. But the reason, Matt, I think for this episode, and I think it's a perfect, you know early January episode to do because a lot of us were really trying to figure out we're, uh, we're super intentional oftentimes in January in the beginning of January how are we going to get our money game straight how are we going to do better in 2020 than we did in 2019 and tons of Americans have a real difficulty getting their personal finances together right there, there's a lot of folks out there for many different reasons that have a hard time saving any money, investing any money, building wealth. And, and that's what the show is about. We want to help people in all sorts of different walks of life achieve a modicum of financial independence in their lives. But they have a hard time making that progress with their different money goals that they're loosely trying to achieve. And I say loosely because mostly those goals are aspirational. Yeah. There's no rubber meeting the road. And also there's this problem that achieving financial goals can be hard and boring, right? Like people are like, snooze fest let me uh let me kick off the how to money guys and go listen to some like murder mystery show or something like that right and i understand like those might be more fun maybe sounds a little bit more fun we're fun though hey that's why we have a beer because <laughs> we wanted to make personal finances a little more approachable yeah. and like and that has a lot to do with our show like i think gamification is just a perfect episode for us to cover yeah so so really how do we take these hopes and these dreams and turn them into this debt slaying wealth building reality. Well, fact is gamification. Like that's what we're talking about here. When we can gamify our personal finances that can help us to actually achieve some of those goals like paying down debt, like saving and investing more of our money when it would otherwise be something that we wouldn't do at all. Right. It'll also likely make the entire process more speedy and fun as well. Gamification triggers our emotions and it can lock us into a course of action that would be harder for us to pursue were it not for the implementation of these game-like elements. Yeah, I think for a lot of us, a goal for 2020 is a great aim for this year is for to have a better relationship with money in general. And one thing that can help you achieve that is to modify your approach and think about money more like a game. Gamification helps us reframe this difficult subject and turn it into something that we can be a little more curious and experimental with. I think sometimes, Matt, that curiosity, that experimentation, when we're able to approach money from that angle, as opposed to this like hard-nosed Excel kind of angle, it can really give us a lot more leeway to jump in with both feet and to kind of get excited about seeing some moves, some changes with our finances. Yeah, that's true because it's fun, right? And here's the thing. We like fun, but at the same time, it's not the end goal, right? Like it's just a means to an end. Hopefully over time, by the repeated action of doing the smart thing, because it happens to be fun, that can transform the way that we actually view that action. 
So when it comes to our money, we don't necessarily care that something is fun, only that it leads to improved behavior when it comes to your money, that it gets you doing whatever it is that you should be doing. I think there's sort of a warning in this as well, where we need to make sure that we're not getting sucked into the game itself, because sometimes we can kind of lose sight of the larger goals, right? I'm specifically thinking of uh, coupons, because Mm -hmm. people, they see the coupon and they think, that's such a great deal. Well, cool. Would you have purchased that overpriced you know, cheese otherwise, maybe not. And so in that case, you're taking advantage of maybe a specific deal. But the big picture is you spent more on that fancy cheese. Yeah. Well, you know what I hate more than anything? Overpriced cheese. I'm glad you brought up that example because that is a thorn in my side, my friend. Well, I know you're just joking and I would actually love it. If we had a beer and uh, cheese pairing. Oh, like, that sounds nice. How good would that be? Oh my gosh. We'd be a fancy show then. Uh, yeah. But you we, know what? We couldn't do that. Aldi has some pretty nice cheeses though at a reasonable price. I will oh, yeah, say. They do. Yeah. I like Aldi cheese. I love Aldi. All right, Matt. Since we're talking about gamification quickly, I, I got to know, like, do you have like a favorite game? Current or past, maybe? Well, okay. So one that comes to mind is... Uh, have I ever told you about what I affectionately used to call DTD? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Desktop Tower Defense. Was this like back in the Prince of Persia days where you play on no, the Oh, man. That's also that was a another game. fantastic game. Back in the... Uh, speaking of computers from 05. Well, that was like <laughs> computers from 95, right? Uh, no, it was this little flash game uh, on this website. And a very highly addictive simple game but i spent way too many of my lunch breaks at my former advertising job playing that dumb game and this is before we had kids as well so i would come home and and i would play it at home sometimes too and kate, kate would hear the music playing and the little sound effects and she would roll her eyes you know like she's trying to convince me to stop wasting my time on this on the silly game because i really really liked it <laughs> don't look it up by the way because i'm not even kidding you would totally i'll get sucked in, in. I think okay you would. all right i'll avoid it then like the plague it's, it's really good i think so but probably my favorite <laughs> yeah what about you video game for a long time I, I mean i played a lot of nba jam back in the day mm-hmm. that was pretty good physical wise i like spike ball and disc golf a lot right those are my two favorite games if if you're listening Dude, spike ball you and me last time we played you and me we teamed up yeah we, we did were, uh, we tore it up completely dominated <laughs> we we're a nice little duo they were like little nas and uh billy ray cyrus something like that i'm not sure which one is which i'm a oh. little i'm a little nas okay I'm, right. the, I'm the minority i'll take that i'll take that <laughs> yeah and for folks listening who haven't played spike ball get on it it's a great sport it's fun but we typically play games because they're a ton of fun and we enjoy them right and if we receive some sort of like side benefit from the game Well, it's just a a bonus. And strategy board games, well, they get us thinking and they keep us sharp. And it makes you think about, Matt, episode five, we talked about nerdy board games. We love nerdy board games as well. Mm -hmm. Also, playing in like a rec soccer league, well, that can help keep us fit. But the fact the games are fun is at the root of why we play them. And depending on who you ask, they'll give you different reasons why games are fun. Maybe it's a competition that you're drawn to or the prize at the end of the game or at the end of the season the trophy that you get maybe, but there are aspects of a game that make it fun. And that's what we're focusing on in this episode. Yeah. When we can figure out what it is about a particular game that we love and that we're drawn to, well, then we can bridge that gap between a game that we love and our personal finances. That's what we believe here. We can take those principles from something we find naturally appealing and apply them to something that most folks find naturally boring, like saving and investing our money. So will budgeting ever be as fun as playing Candy Crush or playing Fortnite? Probably not. But if we can bring even a fraction of the excitement uh, to our personal finances that we have towards the games that we play, I think we'll all likely see our money in better places in 2020. Yeah. So we're going to go over kind of some of the things that make gaming fun and the way we can translate that 
to how we handle our money. And then a lot of really good examples, I think, that we've got weaved throughout this episode that you're going to be able to apply to your life now that you can change the way you handle your money, you can gamify it, and you know what? It's going to have a massive impact on how your personal finances are handled in 2020. Like It's going to be able to help you make real changes in your life. And we'll get to some of that stuff right after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. 
Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, Joel, we are back from the break. And let's talk now about what makes games fun, right? The rest of this episode, we're going to try and figure out what it is about games that we enjoy. And then we're going to apply those things to our personal finances. I mean, I honestly think it's a little ironic that we're analyzing what it is that makes games fun because it kind of sounds like one of the nerdiest, least fun things that we've ever discussed, <laughs> right? It's sort of like if you were to take a college course on how to do stand-up. Like, you're analyzing a joke. Right, it's like, right. Well, that's not really how it's supposed to be enjoyed. But at the same time, I think this is really important because I think there really are principles about games. And if we think about them in the right light, well, then we can take these principles and apply them to any problem that we're faced with, any sort of personal finance challenge to find a way to make it stickier, to make it something that we will actually accomplish over time instead of kind of just kicking it to the side after that New Year's resolution kind of phase kind of wears off. Yeah, yeah. A, a quick goal. It's easy to, to throw out a quick couple financial goals, but implementation is where it gets hard, right? That's where it becomes more difficult. The, the stick-to-itiveness, and I think sometimes gamification can help us stick to it. And so, yeah, what's one of the major reasons we like games? Well, one of them is competition. We like watching our favorite sports team beat up the rival crosstown sports team like that is as old as america itself right so so many of the best sports and games out in the world today are ones that involve playing against or beating an opponent anytime you can bring some competition into the picture things are bound to get more fun even if you're not playing uh, directly against a friend you're trying to beat the final boss the final level you're trying to put a nail in the coffin of that game. You're trying to be done with it. Yeah, I want to beat that game. Exactly. And have those bragging rights. <laughs> right. And so, Matt, let me give you a quick example. So my my boss, Krista, she had this spin class birthday party and I ride oh. my, my bike to work. So I was like, cool, it's going to be fun. I, I don't really do spin class. Never done it before, actually, until this party. But I ride to work every day. So I'm boss. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> uh, I will say I was not up to her level because oh, really? she's like a spin class master. But is it, it different than riding a bike? It is different. It is really? different. Yeah. I mean, huh. it, it's there definitely obviously you're using some Use of your the, hands instead of your legs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was doing. I was down on all fours. Spin doggy paddle class. Oh, <laughs> you didn't tell me that. But like they had this pumped up music. They had instructors that were super excited and getting us motivated. And then also on top of that, the thing for me, they had the leaderboard. And the leaderboard was what motivated me <laughs> to go even harder. So sometimes on my on my bike to to work or home, I'll take it. I'll take it nice and leisurely. Like I won't sure. go super hard. Sure. Because who's it benefiting if I go harder? It's just me, right? It's 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 my health. It's good for me. But ultimately, I'm not competing against anyone. But when I had that leaderboard in front of me, man, it made me like go twice as hard. I saw people we were rising and falling second by second. And so you're like, oh man, I just dropped down to number six or seven and I want to be top five. <laughs> so I started going harder and harder. And so obviously it's different uh, riding a spin class bike and, and competing with other people on the leaderboard versus just my normal ride into work. Ultimately, I think I like my ride into work a little bit better. <laughs> like, But that is one of those things that oftentimes we're drawn to when it comes to games is that high level of competition that we can experience. Sure. Well, quick question. Did Krista win? Because it was her birthday party, right? We should have let her win. I don't remember. I don't remember who won. Somebody honestly. took her down. That was a few months back. I don't think she won, but I think she was like top three. She's really good. Uh, nice. I've never done that. Maybe I will someday. 
Well, competition, right? In your example, it's very clear what the point of that class was. Like they've got the leaderboard up there. You want to win. You want to you be at the top of the heap. When it comes to our money, the point isn't always super clear and straightforward, right? And so because of that, I think we tend to default to what comes easiest and the most natural to us. And that's to compete with those around you, right? Like with your friends and coworkers, just like you do with any sort of game that you play or any sort of competition that you enter, you're, you typically compete against other people. When you think about it, I think this can be a really unhealthy view of competition when you are looking at it through the lens of your personal finances, right? When you're thinking about your money. If you're looking at it that way, if it's always the competition, this can lead to sort of that keeping up with the Joneses mentality of spending way more than you should. With this view, and if you kind of approach your personal finances with that in mind, you're sort of entering the arena with that scarcity mindset, right, Joel? Like you hear, you hear people talking about like not focusing on getting your slice of the pie, but let's work on growing the pie. And I think that's completely true when it comes to our money, when it comes to our personal finances in the real world. Your money has very little to do with my money. If you max out your 401k or your Roth IRA, well, does that mean I have less money to max out my Roth IRA? No. There's very little impact of your personal finances on mine. We're not actually competing. Yeah, I think too, what we can see on the surface is completely different than what reality looks like when when we're talking about money. So let's take, for example, uh, like what percentage of NFL players go bankrupt once their career is over? It's, it's something astronomical. It's like 80 or 90% eventually file for bankruptcy. And that's a terrible statistic, but those people have earned oftentimes more money in one year than most of us will see in a whole entire lifetime. And then you look at somebody like Warren Buffett, who's lived in the same house for 30 or 40 years and eats at McDonald's every single morning. I mean, it's this sort of... Mentality. Because it's so good. <laughs> right, and healthy for you. <laughs> and it's one of those things that sometimes having money, it's not reflective on the surface. And actually, you know, when you dig in deeper, an old school book, something like The Millionaire Next Door, and you see that yeah. the way that millionaires live, actually, it's pretty hard to tell that they're millionaires. And so I think sometimes that's where we get hung up is we see other people living a lifestyle that reflects having money but ultimately, the people that are living a lifestyle where it looks like they have money, oftentimes they don't have that much money and they haven't been handling their money well. And there's credit card debt funding that lifestyle that we just don't know about that's not apparent on the surface. Yeah, dude, so true. Like so much of personal finance is hidden, right? Like all that's visible is maybe that big house or that new car. Really, though, the true challenge and the true competition will vary for each person depending on where they are in life. Like maybe it might be to get out of debt or to save up enough money for a down payment on a home. What we need to do is just to make sure that we have clearly identified what game it is that we want to play and what our specific challenge will be. This is so vital to making progress with our money because, dude, after all, like who cares to win a game that they wouldn't even naturally choose? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I think, all right, let's give an example to kind of help connect the dots. So I think when it comes to our money, you're not competing with those around you. And that's really, really important to remember. Even though competition is these one, one of these main elements in gaming and the things that we enjoy about gaming, well, when it comes to money, we have to take a different approach. You're competing with yourself. It's not who has the nicest car. It's the, you have to think more along the lines of, I have a dumb car payment and I want to pay it off as quickly as possible, right? You have to reframe things. And so how do you do that? Well, you do that by potentially gamifying the way you make payments. And so like one way to do that is to round up 
your payments. So let's say your car payment every month is 365 bucks. Well, if you can round it up to a solid even number of 400 bucks, you're going to pay it off more quickly. You're going to avoid some of those interest payments. And ultimately, you're going to own your car much more quickly than you would have had you stuck to just that normal payment amount. So I think it's important to note that there are different ways that you can implement this into your life. But more than anything, you have to realize that the competition is not with the people around you. Because if you do that, that is when, like you said, Matt, it's going to be this keeping up with the Joneses mentality. Because really more than anything, it's a competition with yourself as you're striving after your goals for your future. Yeah. Another example I'm thinking of too is, you know, how like a lot of utilities have budget billing, like that as an option where it's really even and it's the same every month. But what they do is that they build in the fact that they know that there's going to be some months that are really low and there's also going to be some months that are really high. And so they're going to make sure that they cover all of that. And so instead, one of the things that you and I both like to do is make sure that we are receiving our bills delivered to us where we have to pay it manually. And this kind of goes against a lot of the advice out there as far as automating your bills. But you and I both are in a position where you know we can afford a little bit of time to pay our bills manually. And when you're faced with that bill and you see the, the cost of your power, you see the cost of your electricity or you see your water bill. Like for me, like if I can keep my water bill at $69 and if I cannot let it jump up to that next tier of 88 bucks, that's a win for me. You've won. I've won. Exactly. But when I see it go up to that 88 bucks, I think, oh, you win this time, Watershed of Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> but I'm coming for you next month, right? Yeah, we're all about automating your finances. Like, I think that's, uh, you know, that's something we're going to talk about soon. Automation is key to our success when it comes to our finances. But, but one of the ways that you can gamify things, I like to look at every bill in the face every month. And one of those things that I don't sign up for is budget billing. And that's because... I want to get the bill. Uh, I want to get my heating bill in the winter in January or, or February. And I want to see, okay, how much did I spend this month? And you know what? If I spent more than I like when I see the bill and it gives me that tiny bit of bill shock, it makes me want to lower the thermostat. It makes me want to make a behavioral change. And I think sometimes if you choose the budget billing and it's a constant $95 bill every single month for the whole year, it doesn't force you to kind of come to grips with reality and then make a behavioral change based on what you've seen. And so, I mean, everybody can make their own decision on this, but I think that's a good way of helping you kind of gamify things is by looking those bills in the face every single month and then being forced to make on the fly behavioral changes in order to, to help you lower those expenses, lower those bills. Yeah, that's right. Like this is an instance where it's good to feel that hurt. Yeah. You know, like, like you don't want to be on a constant drip of morphine where you don't feel the pain. You're not going to feel the consequences of your actions. Yeah, for sure. All right, Joe. So we're talking about other people, right? We're, we're talking about how the competition are not the people who are around us. But when you're playing a game, there are times when the people around you can actually help you in a positive and affirming way. And that's when you're on the same side. Working together is crucial for any team sport out there. And aside from team sports, it's even crucial for like some nerdier board games like Pandemic or even Dungeons and Dragons. Which, by the way, did you ever play Dungeon D&D as a kid? Never played it. but uh, And I always thought it was kind of like super nerdy. But I think, I don't know. I've heard some good stuff about it. I think I'd give it a shot. The thing is, at the core of working together on a team is communicating and working together to achieve that shared goal, that common goal. Yeah, for sure. I mean, teamwork is is huge. And, and that's one of the things we love about games, right? I love watching soccer. I love the way a team can pass the ball. I think, honestly, that's the first thing that attracted me to soccer was the incredible passing abilities uh, of some of the guys on the field. And it was like, oh, man, this is a really neat team sport. Uh, and so, yeah, and money, when it comes to our money, the same can be true. Teamwork can have a major impact. 
Step one is to talk about our finances and how we're spending, saving, and investing. Like Matt, we're big advocates for people opening their mouths with their friends and family and talking about money more and making it less of a taboo topic. But let's take it to the next level. Think about how much we'd be able to help each other out by asking more questions, by giving specific advice, and supporting each other when times are tough. Connecting with your partner or a good friend in real life, I mean, that's ideal. That's perfect. That's amazing. And if you're both able to set some shared goals like paying down student loans or saving up enough for a great trip for some travel, well, how much more impactful is that when you have a teammate on your side? It feels like you're fulfilling this even bigger goal and you're doing it with someone else. Uh, And Matt, we've mentioned a couple apps before that make it even more helpful. Like we're talking about gamification. Sometimes apps and websites are really helpful on our road to uh, gamifying our personal finance life. The Twine app is great for helping couples save for goals together. And Zeta is another really good one. We'll link to both of those in the show notes. Uh, And finding online communities is clutch as well. Our Facebook group is a great place where, where individuals are working together as this kind of massive hive mind to help each other out. I love seeing that, Matt. I love that people are able to kind of spur each other on, encourage each other, and then also answer questions. I think collaboration allows this potential for outside success we can kind of accomplish more together than we can apart. Yeah, what's so great about it? You're sharing knowledge, but there's that accountability as well. And that's just such a key component of getting stuff done. So we're going to talk about some more of the different addictive components that make games so fun. And we're going to get to those right after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out cachava. Just go to cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, Matt, we're back to the break. We're talking about gamification. We're talking about what makes games fun and how we can apply those principles to our personal finances. And you just mentioned a really interesting word right before the break. You, What did I say? You said addicted. Uh, <laughs> and it's really interesting. We're in an age where people are addicted to certain games. Like I think about Fortnite. I thought you were going to call me out with my desktop tower defense. <laughs> because there was a period where I think I would have qualified as addicted to that thing. Well, I don't think you're playing it still to this day. But I have to admit that in quote-unquote researching for this episode, I thought, I wonder if that thing is still up. Yep, it is. And you played it for a few hours. I sat down to it for about 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just remember... I'm ashamed to say, but... Re- remember when Words with Friends was hot. Like, that, that was... <laughs> I mean, people were addicted to it. They were pulling it out in the bathroom. They were pulling it out at the dinner table. They were pulling it out all over the place. So true. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I think games can have this addictive component. And I think we can take some of those best elements of the addictive component of games and apply that to our money where it's healthy and not destructive. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and not being used in a terrible way that actually <laughs> ruins us. And yeah, one of those major things that games do for us is is this achievability element. There are levels to a game for a reason, right? There, It's breaking up these larger goals. There are mini bosses along the way that you get to beat up until you get to the big boss. Nobody wants to play something that they're never going to win, that game that they're never going to win that's too hard. Well, you just mentioned soccer a second ago. This makes me think of America and soccer. And I've heard that that's one of the big arguments, why people think that soccer is not going to take in the U.S. and why it basically hasn't taken up until maybe recently. (laughs) But like, who wants to play a sport that you can't win or or that you're not very good at? Right. It's like, oh, they tied at the end? What? Yeah. (laughs) That's ridiculous. And I remember thinking the... Ex- That's not American. Right. I remember thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, when I first got introduced to soccer, I was like, that's stupid. No, in America, we win or we lose. Right. Yeah, so true, man. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are not going to be able to get excited about something that they're not going to be able to win at. And I think when we're talking about personal finances, this is a game that all of us can win in one degree or another. Like, we can all do 
better with our personal finances. And that's what makes this, I think we can uh, use this kind of these gamification elements to give us small wins along the way that lead to kind of this ability to achieve something even bigger. Yeah, we want to win or like we at least want to see some progress, like like some of those baby steps. If you can see progress, like a lot of times that's all that it takes. But in regards to our money, we have to balance that challenge of a particular money goal with the likelihood of us actually being able to achieve that goal. We need to be realistic and, and actually ask ourselves, like, is this even doable? Can I own six Teslas? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends. It's going to take a while. But yeah, on that note, like you might want to become a billionaire, but really what are the chances of that actually happening? And while that's important to consider, even a modest goal like saving up enough money to pay for a new car, just a, a new used car that's not a Tesla in cash, like even that can feel insurmountable. But the trick is to actually break it up into smaller steps that you can actually make some progress on. This actually makes me think of Joel, like we're talking about soccer here. The US is going to be hosting the World Cup in 2026, right? And I looked up last year, I looked up some of the average ticket prices of what the World Cup tickets were going for in Russia. And I figured that it might cost our family if we wanted to go to just like a standard match, like one of the, I don't know, maybe one of the group matches or maybe one of the semis. It might cost our family about $3,000 to go to a single soccer game. Wow. Which sounds pretty dumb, <laughs> right? Like that sounds pretty ludicrous. And that sounds totally overwhelming. Like how can you A, justify that? But B, how do you actually save that much money? But that's also kind of a once in a lifetime thing, right? Like I remember in 1996 when the Olympics were in Atlanta, I got to go to one basketball game. Did you really? And it was so cool. Like the fact that I got to go to an Olympic that's pretty cool. sporting event is one of those things that almost nobody gets to do. It's yeah. so cool to think that that happened. So uh, it's really expensive, but it's also something that might be on somebody's like bucket list. And oh, it's sure. Understandable. Exactly. If that's something you value, then you want to make sure that you're taking the steps to make that a priority in your life. But the fact is, it doesn't matter who you are. Well, I guess it does matter who you are. But if you're a normal person like us, $3,000 <laughs> to take your family to a match seems ridiculous. Yeah, a single match. But if you do the math, we'll have a little over six years before the World Cup is upon us. And if you break that out to how much we would need to set aside every month, it's about 35 bucks. And oh, you, man, that sounds doable. Exactly. Like, that's what's so crazy is that this massive, audacious goal of saving $3,000 to go to the World Cup. Well, all of a sudden, it seems like nothing. 35 bucks is totally doable. And at the same time, it's not something that feels overwhelming to me. I feel that that's something I can actually make progress on. I can handle all those little levels of adding 35 bucks to that pot, you know, month after month. But if all of a sudden I had to shell out three grand, it's probably not going to happen or it's just going to really stress me out. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Breaking up that larger goal into smaller chunks is gamifying the process and it makes it so much more feasible and so much more fun too to be like, you know what, I can do it and, and to start actually going for it. And, and Matt, it makes me think too about back in episode 138, we talked to our friend JD Roth, who writes at the site Get Rich Slowly. And we talked for a little bit about the stages of financial independence. And if we think about those stages as levels in a game, well, they can help our approach and accelerate our ability to move more quickly through those stages. And the question then is how? Well, mental shifts are so huge in helping us actually create change in our lives. So if we're thinking of our personal finances in a more game-like fashion, it'll make a big difference in how we handle our money in 2020. Those stages are so helpful in visualizing our future and what it can look like. 
if we think about financial independence on kind of this long extended timeline and that we're achieving a little bit more of it over time as we put more aside for the future and we invest more in our retirement accounts and we're just generally doing better with our money, that's so much easier to comprehend than this zero to 100 overnight kind of thing, right? Exactly. It's the exact same thing as saving up for that World Cup match. That $35 a month feels so different than uh, a $3,000 bill that hits you right then and there. And so, yeah, I think stages, process, goals being broken up over time are huge in helping us handle money better. Yeah, it's a much easier pill to swallow. And man, that's something that stuck with me as well when JD was talking about those different stages. Well, becoming financially independent... That sounds like this huge thing that I would never be able to accomplish. Like, it, it sounds like climbing get... Kilimanjaro or something yeah. like that, doesn't it? <laughs> like with your eyes closed or something. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like it, it just seems so impossible. And I know we're not alone. I think for a lot of folks, it really does just seem like this insurmountable obstacle, this, this challenge that's just too big. And when that happens, it can shut us down and it keeps us from moving forward at all. And so, yeah, just kind of breaking it up into these smaller bite-sized chunks will allow us to make progress. And when we make progress, we see that traction, we see that progress, and it allows us to continue on and fight that good fight. Yeah. So there's this guy named James Clear, and he writes about habits. And one thing he says is that getting 1% better every day is is kind of his goal. And he talks about how just getting 1% better in a day, like that seems like it's not that important. But when you compound a getting 1% better, over 365 days of that year, if you do it every day, then ultimately at the end, you're so much better off than if you had never taken that action in the first place. And so I think sometimes when, we, when we're able to kind of think about it like that, these small changes over a long period of time, that they make a really huge difference. Seeing a little progress in a game, it just reinforces our desire to participate in that game. Seeing your debt level drop because you're rounding up your payments is a great reinforcement too. It, and it kind of almost, Matt, I think becomes this like self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, and so I think one thing that we can do, a specific kind of method of gamification that we can adopt in our financial life is to create a list of, I call them like level ups and attempting to do one a month. When you, when you say level up, I hear like the sound of when you get the mushroom in Mario Brothers. <laughs> or you, or no, you like unmar- in, in where you hit the flag and you slide down the flagpole. Like, yeah. But I think, yeah, if we can do these level ups, these are the the even bigger things that we can accomplish. And if we set ourselves up for success by choosing to tackle one a month, right? That's not, that's not too much. That's not overkill. Well, then I think that it's going to have a massive impact. So one month, let's say January, you decide to switch cell phone providers and, and find a much cheaper service and save yourself a hundred plus dollars a month. That's a great level up. Like that's a big difference that you can make in your life. In February, if you haven't opened an IRA yet, well, that's the next thing to do. And so opening up an account with Vanguard Fidelity or M1 gets you motivated and, and you start to, to see the progress of that $100 a month that you're starting to put in there uh, accrue and make a bigger difference. You're starting to see the progress. Well, seeing your balance build only increases your motivation level. And it really does become this thing that just kind of continues to feed on itself. Yeah, something else that folks can do is instituting a no spend month. Something like that can jumpstart or even supercharge your savings and curb some of that unnecessary spending. Uh, the reason for this is because like, it's, it's hard or it's, it's even unrealistic to make cuts like that for an entire year, right? Like who's going to be able to do that? It's just not really possible. But if you try to do that for a single month, well, man, that is totally achievable. And these smaller achievable wins 
can also help us to feel more optimistic. Yeah, so you could even apply that to like one area of spending in your life. If you've had trouble spending too much eating out, you're spending 250 bucks a month eating out and you're like, man, we got to curb this. It's something that we like, but we really want to kind of curb that spending in our life. Well, you know what? Take February. Uh, it's a shorter month, which makes it just a little bit easier <laughs> to, to be able to... Three days easier. It's like, you, I can handle that. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know what you say? We're not going to eat out for all of February. We're going to save that 250 bucks and we're going to bank it towards something that we, we really want to save for or uh, even open that investment account that we haven't opened yet. I think a no spend month in a particular category or kind of overall uh, not spending anything online or whatever. These are the kind of challenges that probably aren't sustainable over a long period of time, but they can be kind of that jumpstart, like that game genie to kind of help us get going, right? <laughs> Except game genie was the worst. It kind of, <laughs> for me, it like sucked all the fun of it because there was no, there's no more challenge, right? Yeah. Or okay, maybe it's the the Mario star when you get the star and like you can't get, yeah, yeah, the yeah, shells like, can't hit you. Yeah, you can run through the whole level without getting hit for at least a period of time. Exactly. All right, let's talk about an aspect of games that make them fun that everyone's pretty much aware of, which is the, the reward, the goal, or the prize at the end of the game. Part of what makes any game so fun and addictive is the fact that there's going to be some sort of fantastic prize at the end of the slog. You know, we're talking about Mario Brothers here, thinking about beating Bowser at the end of Mario Brothers 3. Can you feel the fireballs like whizzing past you? Is, <laughs> yes. your, is your heart pounding because you're afraid you're going to die? I feel, yeah, the cortisol <laughs> is pumping through my, my blood. You know, we probably wouldn't play any game if there wasn't a final reward or a feeling of accomplishment that came with beating the game. And so when it comes to our personal finances, the final reward might be, a, you know, a massive down payment uh, for a house or maybe paying off your student loans or maybe even the ultimate goal, which is achieving financial independence. But we often don't celebrate these smaller wins and these milestones. So I'm thinking of things like just maybe paying off a, a specific credit card debt or even setting up a basic emergency fund. These are wins that we achieve, but we don't necessarily recognize them like we do when you hit financial independence or maybe when you buy that house. Because when you buy that house, you throw you know, a housewarming party and it feels like you've accomplished something. These smaller goals and these small rewards along the way, I think are so crucial. So rewarding ourselves in small ways along the way, it's so important as we continue up the mountain towards whatever larger financial goals that we might have. So for example, man, sometimes it's just the small things. Like sometimes those rewards are huge and those are the things that are impactful, like winning a Super Bowl. But for me, sometimes it's the small things that, that go a long way. Every time I up the percentage, for instance, in, in my company 401k on the Vanguard website, streamers fly and it says like this big <laughs> congratulations and then they send me an email afterwards Joel, you're the man <laughs> yeah it makes me feel so good man i'm like all right i did, I did something great yeah it's, it's it's like a little dopamine release what you're doing there is you're realizing it emotionally you know in your head cognitively that that's what you're supposed to do but by having that little reward like the little streamers that kind of flash across and like the the, the confetti that drops down your screen like you're feeling that in a very small and digital way, but you're still feeling it emotionally. Yeah. And that's, I think, what's so important. And that's what celebrating things is all about, right? It's, it's not saying that, cool, you did a good job. It's like, well, I know that. But a celebration or a party or a, a small reward, we're not talking about going out and blowing all the money that you've saved, but that connects it to you emotionally. And I think that's kind of what's missing in our world today, right? Like we live in such a culture that is so focused on performance and hitting goals and quotas and things like that. But the thing is, as soon as we hit those things, what happens? We set the next one. Exactly. Like typically <laughs> the bar gets raised and we don't often spend a lot of time celebrating. And I'm not saying we need to sit around patting ourselves on the back all the time, 
But I think if we can actually recognize that, man, something significant was accomplished here, that's worth celebrating. And those little rewards along the way can help us to achieve those larger financial goals. I think when you don't celebrate those little financial wins, I think that's when people get burned out, right? If you're constantly just on this march and you're not really looking up, you're just got your you know nose to the grindstone, you're just working hard. Well, I think someone has a better chance of burning out in that kind of situation and then ultimately not actually achieving the financial goals that they've set out to achieve. Yeah, throwing in the towel completely. And yeah, man, it's amazing to me for some reason that this little Vanguard stream, I mean, it's their websites. Honestly, it's very terrible. It's not very user friendly. <laughs> and the streamers are kind of... But they're of, still a fantastic company. Yeah, yeah. yeah and we recommend them. Completely. Sure. They're great. But the streamers are so like 2003. <laughs> the graphics are not good. But it's amazing that that sticks out in my mind that they kind of encourage me in that way and that it is important. Like it is important how they do that. And these little behavioral things that do connect to you in, on a deeper level, these small, small rewards that are seemingly insignificant can be super meaningful in just kind of helping us to continue moving forward. Matt, I got to say, it makes me wonder if I hit some sort of like, let's say I, I completely max out my 401k or I hit like a certain percentage. If they've got these like streamers that I haven't seen yet that are even better, right? <laughs> like they're, they're only giving me the basic ones now for, for being like a solid saver. But you know what? If you hit the complete $19,500 max, Ooh. maybe they've got these like super dope streamers. Yeah, like the metallic confetti. So it like shines a little extra on your screen there. Yeah. I mean, sure. I think they, they're holding something back once I hit that point. <laughs> well, so like we're talking about the different aspects, the, the different elements that make games fun, that make them addictive. Like we said earlier, we think this is really important that if we can identify these things and kind of bridge the gap a little bit between these fun games, the things that we find enjoyable and our money and our personal finances, that we can also make our personal finances more enjoyable and something that we will give more attention to. But it's also important to note that gamification can only get you so far, right? Like maybe due to your personality type, you're really into games and you can get lost in the fun of it. But for a lot of folks, maybe the novelty will wane at times or even completely wear off. And so when this happens, it's really important to have an overarching mission statement. Joel, you, you know, you kind of mentioned the why behind your money. That is a really important thing to have. Having that storyline that transcends the elements of simple gamification that you've been able to work in your personal finances that storyline that will help to revitalize you when you're feeling down or maybe when you feel like that you're not winning when it comes to your money. Yeah, of course, Matt, it, it is essential for us to go back and think about the underlying things that uh, the goals, that, the ultimate goals that we have, the ultimate why behind our money, the mission statement that we want to live our lives by. But the reason that gamification is important is that it can really meet us at the level of implementation. And gamification can be this massive boon to our ability to stick to those goals of saving more and eliminating debt. And it can also just help money stuff in general feel less frustrating. These small ways in which we can amend our behavior or change our approach can help us make really big money moves <laughs> this year that we otherwise might not have been able to do. So yeah, I'm interested too to hear how other people gamify their money, like the, the 
the tools that they're using and the ways that they're ad- adapting their behavior. And so, yeah, if you have some specific ways that you're gamifying your money in a really massive way or that you've been able to make massive changes through kind of some gamification techniques, please share those in the Facebook group for all of us to see because that kind of stuff is so helpful. Matt and I, we don't know it all. We don't know all the ways to gamify our money, but but we do know that it's an important method for us to consider. Yeah, and different methods work for different people as well. So something that might work for one person, like rounding up their car payment. Well, that sounds like a fantastic idea to somebody, right? They're going to be able to get another couple payments in and pay that car off early. But to somebody else, that may not resonate as well. So for that person, that's who we want to hear from. Uh, we want to hear some of those other tricks. Yeah, for sure. All right, Matt, let's get back to the beer that we had on the show today. We had a lovely beer from Modern Times called Astral Prism. This is a double IPA sent to us by my buddy Craig, who's a brewer out there. Matt, what were your thoughts on this beer? Well, Joel, I have to say that I am a massive fan of this beer. Modern Times, man, they've just got my number. The way that they make their beers completely and totally resonate with me. This double IPA, to me, is really good. It has this massive hot presence, but it's not this this hoppiness that leads to bitterness. It's pretty sweet. But the hops, they make themselves known with the pungent nature, you know, like the herbaliness. But this was a really fantastic beer, poured nice and hazy. This is the type of IPA for me, man, that's just completely in my wheelhouse. How about you? What were your thoughts on this beer? Yeah, I thought for a double IPA, it was pretty mellow in, in like a really good way. Like it definitely tons of hot presence, but it was so nicely balanced that it wasn't like punching me in the mouth in any sort of crazy ways. And it had some notes of guava. Obviously, we have a lot of IPAs on the show. I thought this one was super tasty. I love what Modern Times is doing. They make a ton of IPAs. I don't know if it'd even be possible in our lifetime to drink them all. I mean, I think that's a little bit of an overstatement, but <laughs> but but they make that many. I mean, they, well, you just wait. <laughs> they're dedicated to the craft of making tons of great IPAs. And this one was just a really good representation of what they're really, really good at of making something that is like juicy, but mellow, tasty, a little sweet, and just incredibly appetizing. So yeah, I really appreciated this beer, Astral Prism from Modern Times. Yeah, you and I were lucky enough to swing by the uh, Dankness Dojo. Isn't that what their what their space is called down there in downtown LA? That's right, yeah. We were out there last year, and uh, yeah, we're a big fan of what they're doing. And you mentioned that guava. That's uh, that's pretty astute. I feel like I totally can pick up on some, like, some more tropical fruit flavor notes there. I totally dig that. Yeah, don't mess with my palate, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to be it for this episode. Really fun, Matt, to talk about gamification with you. And we'll have links to some of the apps and some of the sites that we mentioned up on our website at howtomoney.com. Yeah, Joel, speaking of the website, we've got that credit card article up there talking about the best credit cards to use depending on how you spend your money. We recently updated that. And so we'd recommend for folks to check that out if you are considering getting a new credit card. We're hoping to be able to provide more helpful information on the website this year. And a lot of the cards that we discussed there, they've got some great sign-up bonuses. And so if you were to sign up for a credit card via that article and via those links, it helps out the show at the same time. All right, buddy, that's going to be it for this episode. Is that Uh, it? That's it. All right. (laughs) Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This 
is uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.